everything you do, you're putting an order out into the universe, right? So most people's problem is they're putting one order for this and one order for the exact conflicting thing and everything nullifies itself, right? Yeah. So I, and when you can avoid doing that, that's how you drop into momentum that takes you forward, you know? I teach my, my mentees a lot that if you don't put something into the ingredients, right? If they're not part of the cooking, they're not gonna be part of the final meal. So mm -hmm. if you're working and there isn't joy and there isn't happiness and there isn't fun and there isn't silliness in the work, then it's not gonna exist in the outcome. The following conversation is with choreographer, dancer, and TV personality, Dana Alexa. Now, what I found interesting is that I've always only known her from the entertainment side of things. I've seen her on TV, I've seen her do influencer stuff, and I thought it was gonna be more of a conversation about creativity. But when we sat down and we talked, we actually connected deeply about spiritual healing, trauma release work, transformation work, and I found out that she has a company called 360 where she actually focuses on creating dance slash spiritual healing experiences for her students. So it was actually a very insightful podcast where I got to learn a lot about her, we got to learn about each other, and just share our passion for the world of self-help, which is a never-ending journey. You never have it all figured out, you know? And I used to think that you have to be some kind of a guru to be able to teach people, but no, I think anybody who's on the journey has a right to share what they're learning so far and hopefully pass that information on to the next people. And that's what this podcast is about. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Here is the conversation with Dana Alexa. What's up, Dana? Hey, how are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing good. You said you've been having kind of a weird day today, huh? I had a weird day, yeah. What do you think it was? I really honestly don't know. It could have been a little bit. I got woken up in the middle of the night by something. So maybe that threw me off. But usually I'm like in flow. People kind of joke and they're like, I live my life like Snow White, where like the birds come in and help me get ready in the morning. Like it's usually very easy for me. Do you today, like to have things go your way? Not necessarily my way, but I like to not trip over my shoes outside the apartment. <laughs> that would be nice, right? <laughs> if I could avoid it. Is that too much to ask? I mean, so today, yeah, I tripped over my own feet. I got stuck at every red light. I <laughs> forgot things. I dropped everything. It was. What do you think life was trying to teach you with that? Uh, I don't know, pay attention, pay, well, I don't really know. <laughs> I don't know what they wanted from me today. Yeah. I went home to reset multiple times. You know, that's what I'll usually do, right? If I feel like something's off, I'll go home, I'll meditate, I'll sage, I'll do something to try to clear myself. Yeah. But every time I went back out, they were like, nah. Or <laughs> <laughs> the different ways you like to reset. You said meditate. I'll meditate. How do you meditate? Give me an example. Is it oh, like I do all kinds of meditations, but I just do like seated or lying down, like silent meditations. Now, when I was first starting, I couldn't do that, but now I do it. Okay. However long, I don't time it. I just kind of go with whatever feels good. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, sometimes I'll be active. I'll dance or be physical. I'll shower is a great way to clear your energy. Yes. Right? I love that. I take multiple showers a day. Literally yeah, just, just reset. Yeah. It's so good. I mean, I tried everything. But do you ever do cold water at the end of the shower? Yeah. Yeah. No. That's, that's the way to I do saw. it. Blast. If I leave the shower without doing that, I have to jump back in. Because I really? like long, hot showers. Like yeah. I steam it, you know? Me too. But then at the end, it's you gotta hit that ice cold for as long yeah. as I can take it. Give, yeah. me that, give me that boost. Yeah. It makes you feel alive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have you done like the cold plunges? I have, yeah. 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 I used to go to the spa called the Voda Spa in, in West Hollywood. Oh, here? Yeah. It was like a Russian banya kind of oh, spa. Okay. But they were kind of bougie and weird. So I'm going to find a different one. <laughs> Hope they're not watching that. Yeah. No, I mean, the, 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 <laughs> the staff was nice, but some of the people there, hmm, weird vibes. Um, but I do like that. You yeah. know, I think it's so important for us to have different ways of resetting 
and managing our state, right? Because so much of life comes from what our state is, right? Mm -hmm. If we're in a shitty state, we're going to have a shitty experience of whatever we're doing, right? And it's like, for me today, I was feeling kind of a little overwhelmed. I have a lot of projects I'm managing at the same time, like multiple edits and things that are happening and different people that work in the company. And it just felt like my mind was moving so fast. I had to do multiple resets too. For Mm -hmm. me, it was more about going out in the sun, Mm. closing my eyes, feeling the sun in my eye for a bit. And I've been doing like laying down with my feet up on a couch or something. Like that, that yeah. helps a lot. Just That's nice. Sun's a great, the sun's a great one. Yeah. A healer, nice reset. I love the sunshine. But you recently started doing a healing type of project, right? Yeah. Let's talk about that. What's it called? What's it about? So in 2020, I started a company called 360. Um, it is a holistic wellness program. It started dance-based, actually. Okay. And now it's dance is a component, but not necessarily like the backbone of it. It it basically started with dancers and then became everybody. People started bringing their mommies and their aunties and their sisters and their you know brothers. Everybody wanted to join in. So dance became a component, but not necessarily like the backbone of the program, which has been amazing because it's become far more inclusive than I originally Right. Even Much imagined. bigger audience. Yeah. It's now it's, it's great. It's a great fit for everyone. But when it first started, what was it like? What were the first so few classes? It started as an online component only. So it was okay. a subscription. It's a subscription model. Okay. So you sign up to a tier. It's tier. It's a tier based program. So there's three tiers. Mm-hmm. Um, at the top tier, you get everything the program offers, which is um, multiple chats with me per week, dance tutorials, fitness videos, um, chats with experts about all types of things like breath work, meditation meditation, all of the, all that good stuff. And um, then you also get mentorship with me once per week. So that's like the highest tier of the program. And so we have the subscription model and it really started to roll. And then when the world opened back up, we added live events and retreats, which now made it this three tiered program, which I didn't anticipate it having three components, but named it 360. So I think it kind of knew it was going to go there before I knew it was going to go. Right. It already had a destiny with it. Yeah. That's awesome. First of all, it's awesome that you're doing something that's going to help people feel better, right? And heal because we all need that. I think back in the day, there used to be the stigma that like there was something wrong with you if you needed (laughs) therapy or something. But now it's like, no, everybody has trauma. Even if you think you had an amazing life. Oh, really? There's something in there. (laughs) Yeah, there's something in there for sure. I mean, I I really came up with the idea because uh, as a dance teacher and choreographer and teaching private lessons and doing all this all this stuff, I really came to find I would teach a lot of private lessons. That was like the bulk of what I was doing before the pandemic. Yeah. Um, So I would teach 15, 20 private lessons a week. And in every lesson, people wanted to dance for like 20 minutes and the rest of the time they wanted to talk to me. Mm. And they had questions like, how, how do I dance more confidently? How do I, you know, how do I move through this fear? How do I move right. through this uh, self-consciousness, this self-hatred? And, you know, I can't answer that in dance terms. There's no five, six, seven, eight for that. That's, right. you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if you're living your life without confidence, then you're going to be the same artist that you are as a human. So that stuff we kind of have to work through holistically. So all areas of your life have that, that thread that runs through it, that you have confidence or you have self-love or you have, you know. Now, were you a student of all this stuff beforehand? Were you a student of breath work and meditation and all that? Yeah. For the past 12 years, I was on my own spiritual journey. Um, I traveled the entire world doing this uh, from like, the mountains of Machu Picchu and and (laughs) Peru. Like I was everywhere and everywhere I went, I tried to tune into the spirituality and and the 
the beliefs in each place because I I do feel that the answer is somewhere in between yes. everything. So there's wisdom to be found everywhere. Yeah, and you're like collecting. Yeah, I was making. I was literally <laughs> making a collection of spirituality for myself, um, and studied everything under the sun. You know, I'm still I'm still a student. Always will yeah. be a student of it. You could. I don't know if you could ever. <laughs> Like no, I figured it all out. Yeah, I got. I, I got know it. it. <laughs> so there's basically the 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 purpose of life is is in this program. I figured it out. No, um, but yeah. So that's that's what started. I I was wondering when people ask you those questions, it makes you ask yourself, well, where did I come up with that answer? Right? How did I learn confidence? How did yeah. I learn self love? And then I had to cycle all that into a program that I could use to teach other people yeah. how to access it. Essentially. That's awesome. Yeah. I like that. I've always been a fan of personal development and self-help. Tony Robbins, I know we talked about him before. You know, mm -hmm. my parents put me out to him when I was a kid. And mm. just the idea that if life sucks right now, it doesn't have to continue sucking. Mm. There's things we can do about that. Yeah. In many ways, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, right? It's just to take responsibility for it. And there's so many different methods. Absolutely. To take responsibility, right? Even just physically. I can imagine so many people are probably stressed out in their offices, but they haven't stretched. They haven't gotten a massage. They haven't worked out. It's like much of our, you know, like psychological pain can be physical as well and vice versa. Absolutely. Right? Like there's days where I feel like shit, then I go to the gym and then I feel amazing yeah. <laughs> afterwards, right? Yeah. It's like, maybe I just needed that. And you don't realize how many like toxins you're taking in on a day-to-day, -day, right? Just with the air you're breathing, the, the water you're drinking, the food you're putting in your mouth, you're acquiring toxicity, right? We think about tox toxic states in your mind, right? Mm -hmm. Which is true. Yeah. But your mind and body can't be separated. They are one thing. People think there's a connection between them. No, they are just one. They're one unit. Yeah. You know, so. It's a mind-body. Yeah. It, it is one thing, right? You yeah. can't separate them. Right? <laughs> right, show right. me the show me a body without a mind. Show me a mind without a body. You can't. They are one thing. Right. They're just two components, two sides of the same coin, essentially. So the toxicity that you can have in your mind with your thoughts, you're also do have in your physical body. And actually levels of toxicity in your body tend to mirror the amount of toxicity you have in your mindset and vice versa. So all the, a lot of the techniques you mentioned, they're good for clearing toxins out of your body, right? Yeah. When you work out, you sweat. Yeah. It's a great way to purge toxins from your physical body, which yeah. is another reason it purges toxins from the mind. Everything well. affects it, right? Mm -hmm. Even what we listen to, what we watch on TV, Oh my God, like if we're just sitting there watching bad news all the time, you know what I mean? Like this bad thing happening, that bad. Mm -hmm. And you're like, all right, I guess I'm going to go on a date now. And then you feel yeah. all weird. It's like, well, no, 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 that's it's not, not going to work. It's not going to work. And I think it's funny how people don't even realize it. You know, yeah. I did a, pers a private retreat for somebody and we like sat together for the first hour and he was, he was in his like, um, often my sessions begin with people just kind of like word vomiting for like a long period of time to yeah. just like get rid of everything. I call myself, sometimes I call myself a spiritual trash can <laughs> to just like give it to me and I'll like cycle it up for you. Like, cause my, my channel and my current is always moving up. And I yeah. think people can feel that, that if they give it to me, I can transmute it for them. <laughs> so they just like, Oh, finally, like I could just get this off my chest. And after like a good 40 minutes of him talking, I was like, do you realize the TV has been on like kind of blasting through this whole conversation? And he was like, I didn't even notice the TV was on. And I'm like, people really don't notice yeah. how much they're taking in from external environments and like how that's such a, like a, 
I don't know, it's like a beat down on the physical system all the time. Because the brain has to take some effort to either pay attention to or not pay attention exactly. to us on TV, maybe keep some of it subconsciously. It's almost like hypnotizing us in the background. It is, it's a trance. Yeah, that was one of the things I realized I was addicted to was like background content, hmm. right? That there's times where I'm watching things intentfully and there's times where I just have stuff on the background. And I was like, wait a minute, that's not good. I shouldn't just have things. Then I'm training my brain to like be all compartmentalized. And like now I'm focusing on being more like, like if I'm going to watch something, I'm going to watch it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Focus, if it's a movie, a comedy show, whatever, instead of double layering it, because then I'm not doing it justice. Yeah. Then I'm not really watching a TV show, which might be an awesome show. And I'm not really doing my task either. I'm kind of half-assing both. Yeah. And yeah. you're also unconsciously taking in more, right? Like when you're watching something with focus, you can be discerning. Yeah. So you can decide what you're accepting from what you're hearing or what you're seeing and, and what you're rejecting or what you're blocking. But yeah. when you're not really consciously listening, it's very much like a hypnosis. Like if you were to sleep with something in your ear and not know what was playing, you wouldn't know what you were taking in or, you know, it's like, a, it's less of a filter on it, essentially, when you're distracted listening or watching. Yeah. So, so much of that is happening all, all the time. And I'm like, you know, it really is a good thing to try to safeguard your mind and your body against those things by using focus and discernment. Right. It's it's incredible how much of what people talk about is just um, reflections of what they heard. Mm-hmm. Right. Like uh, the other day, we went to go see the Elvis movie. Have you seen it yet? No, not yet. It's masterpiece. I've heard great things. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so good. And I had known some of his music before, but you know, you hear people talking shit about an artist, you know, and you just hear it from a person that heard it from a person. And then you're like, oh, that, fuck that guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and you have this preconceived notion. Then you go and watch a movie about their life and you're like, oh, so much I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Right. So many of our opinions aren't things we even looked into. They're just stuff we read that somebody else said that somebody Absolutely. else mentioned and we just pick it up and I guess we all hate this person, huh? Right, yeah. But did we, did we really think about it? Yeah, I mean, I think that goes even deeper into like even your habits and the things you think you like or you don't like in terms of what you eat and what you do and what you wear. I think a lot of that has just been picked up because we've seen other people doing it or heard that that's what we should be doing. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, during the pandemic, I <laughs> went to my roommates and was like, what if we just didn't like, live anywhere and we just didn't pay rent. And my roommate was like, you mean, what if we were homeless? And I was like, kind of, but what if we like, we're just nomads and we lived anywhere. And it took time for like their like heads to wrap around this concept. Cause you hear all the time, like being a grown up means having an apartment and paying right. rent and owning furniture. And like this concept of living the way we lived. I mean, we, we lived abroad for over a year and we just ducked into different Airbnbs and the jungles and the farms. And we were all over the planet living like this. And you guys did that during the pandemic. Oh yeah. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, 2021 in January, we were gone and we just got back. And what were you doing? Ago. Were you guys just making work happen while you were there shooting your yeah, content? I, I just was doing what I do, which is like collecting content, mostly for the subscription service, but I was teaching classes like I do. Right. But so like living, working, kind of, but just not having to stay and put in one place. Nope. We would just land in Mexico, spend a month there. We would reach out to all the local yogis, the healing facilitators, everybody, cacao ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Then we would make adventure reels, adventure vlogs. You know, I'm a adrenaline junkie. So if there's something I can jump off of, please sign me up for that. I love that. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I love that shit. How many times have you been skydiving? 
twice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm on my seventh one, but I haven't gone solo yet because I have to take a, a lesson you have to, to do like, the. Yeah, to pull the cords. Yeah, forward. exactly. So I've just done a bunch of tandems for people's birthdays. And at this point, I'm like, <laughs> I'm ready, man, at some point. Is that like the uh, the birthday activity to like yeah. go skydiving? It's happened yeah. so many times. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I, like I love it, too. it. You know, it was. Um, it's nice to do something that puts you in so much presence. I mean, it'd be mm-hmm. nice just to be present everywhere, but right. skydiving, it's... um. It'd be nice if we don't have to get thrown out of a plane for that, right. but if that's what it takes. <laughs> I remember this one time, a buddy of mine, we like made a list of goals mm-hmm. and then we went skydiving and we said, hey, once our feet touches the ground, we are committing to these goals for the next year. It was almost oh, like cool. a commitment jump. It was a so leap of faith. A leap of faith. Yeah. Exactly. Like a commitment jump. <laughs> it was a commitment jump. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. Attaching meaning to it. Exactly. Well, that's all we can do is attach meaning to things. Right. That's what we're doing all the time, right? Yeah. How'd you get into this whole spiritual journey? Actually, my ex turned me onto it. When when I I was dating Matt forever, Mm -hmm. and he actually is the one who started teaching me about spirituality. And when he started teaching me about it, I was like, this guy's cracked. (laughs) He doesn't know what he's saying. You know, I grew up in Brooklyn. I grew up in a lower middle-class family. And I didn't know you were from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. And uh, yeah, some of these concepts, I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> this just doesn't, this doesn't make any sense. Like, what do you mean your words like create your life? Like your life creates your life and your words are just like right. speaking what the life you got handed. You know what I mean? Right. Like there was a, a, a long period of time for me to accept like I am the creator and I am not. I am powerful, like I am not powerless. Yeah. But at first I was kind of like, this is some rich people shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like this yeah. is what rich people would say about things. Like, right. oh, like you it know, almost, life's not that hard. You just, if you're not used to that, it almost feels <laughs> insensitive because it makes yeah. it feel like it's our fault. Now granted, there's we can't control the environment we were born into. Right. Right. But once we're born, you know, we have a choice to be at the cause of life instead of the effect. Yeah. I mean, and some spirituality goes as far as to say you did choose the experience you were born into, right? And that you made a soul contract on purpose and you chose an illness or you chose a a lifestyle because you had a lesson to learn that you could only learn through those circumstances and parameters. So in that case, if that's true, we'll find out, I guess, (laughs) one day. What do you believe? Um, I do believe that that's true because I think that it gives me more... Uh, So as I started the journey with spirituality, I got to points that I couldn't ever rectify. Like, if this is all true, then like, why are some children sick? And why are, you know, why do such atrocious things happen to people, especially at young ages? It was things like that that I really could never find. Like a spirit, it never rectified itself with spirituality for me. And that's always kept me a little bit back. But when I heard this theory, I cried the first time because I felt so much peace with understanding that like, maybe this really was a soul's choice because like think of a le- the amount of lessons that not only they learn when when a child is suffering or right. you know any not only the lessons that the child learns but the lessons that everyone around the child learns are like yeah. there's just such a depth of like i don't even know humanity to that experience that i don't know where else you feel that you know we had a, we had a family friend pass away when she was like a very young child and it was mm-hmm. just it cracked everybody like so wide open. And it was like, I can't think of anything else that would ever mirror that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It it is a weird thing to account for, right? All the the pain that's happening in the world, but we do have control of the meaning, Mm. right? We can say that, you know, because this happened, 
now we can find a deeper meaning in it mm-hmm. and maybe contribute that it doesn't happen again or that things can be better moving forward. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, There's a lot to be learned from every experience. And that's, yeah. if you treat it that way, then it it always has purpose. And that seems to make it. Well, experience is better than just reading, mm-hmm. right? Because I know like for years, I always intellectually understood money, but I wasn't really good at it. <laughs> I could talk about it pretty well. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't have it. No. I didn't have much of it. Or when I did have it, I didn't do the things that I knew how to say. Like I could say the stuff, hey, this is what you should do with your money. And it sounded pretty accurate, but my practice was way off. Yeah. And then when I got to a position where like I lost everything and felt embarrassed <laughs> by losing everything, I went down to zero and it was like, ah, now I get it. Now emotionally, I understand. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be here again. Why don't I start applying the things that I actually know? What mm. a concept, right? And and it was, if it wasn't for that experience, I wouldn't have applied it. Yeah. So then it makes me wonder, was the pain a good thing or a bad thing? Right? Yeah. I mean, I don't think that anything really is good or bad. Everything yeah. is just a teacher. You know, yeah. I don't even, I don't even feel that certain things are like necessarily painful or that they suck or it's just kind of about whether something feels better or not than something else, I guess, right? Like for me, it feels better when I have a day where I don't trip over my shoes, <laughs> but it wasn't necessarily a bad thing that I tripped over my shoes today. I did laugh a lot today. Like I laughed. That's I was good. like, yeah, I was covered in dirt at one point. I had like spilled food down my shirt and I was just like laughing because I was like, this is a, tra- a tragedy. <laughs> it's a true tragedy. So I did, it makes you find, I don't know, it brings you, it made me very con- very conscious that I'm human yes. and that- <laughs> this whole thing is uh, an avatar that will do what it's I say or not. <laughs> and that's it. Right. And you even know. physical pain doesn't have to be a bad thing. You know, like I have a friend, she's a dominatrix. And like there's some of her clients like to get kicked in the balls. Uh-huh. Apparently that's a thing. Yeah. People pay girls to kick them in the balls. Mm-hmm. And it brings them pleasure. And yeah. it's like, well, then… It, there really is no good. It's it's subjective to the person. It is, how and it's also I think how you frame everything. Like right. right now, I'm doing this detox program with an amazing company out here called BioCell, and they do extra bodily oxygenation and ozonation of your blood. So they basically take your blood out of your body and then they spin it and compress it with high dose ozone, which is O3, and then they put that blood back into your body, and they do that ten times. What? Yeah. Send me a code. I want to check that out. I will. I'm into that stuff. And they do it with a needle in your arm, obviously. And then the IV stays in for the whole hour that they're doing this. It happens. Does it cycle all your blood? Uh, In 10 passes, it's half your blood volume. Wow. If you were to do 20 passes, it'd be all your blood volume. But they do it in 10 passes each session. Um, So I've gone for like four or so treatments now. And basically, the, the understanding is, the scientific understanding is oxygenated blood or ozonated blood like you cannot become ill. Like the, right. the the thing that causes illness is not enough oxygen in the system, essentially. Right. When your body has dis-ease, when it's not easily functioning, because the mm-hmm. body the body's supposed to easily take care of whatever. That's why Absolutely. placebos work, right? Mm-hmm. They'll give people a pill that, that they believe is something. Absolutely. And their belief about it actually makes it, even if it's the opposite thing, like they could give you Adderall and tell you it's a sleeping pill. And if you really believe it, you'd knock out. Absolutely. Right? Yep. So it's like, what can we do to empower our body to do what it knows how to do? Yeah. And oxygenating is so important because that's life. Life is energy. Energy is oxygen. Absolutely. It helps the mitochondria of the cell do everything that it does better. And yeah, it, in, it involves a small needle, <laughs> you know, poke in the arm. And yeah. many people I've spoken to have been like, I can't sit there and have my blood drained out. Mm-hmm. And like this whole mm-hmm. thing, it's too much. 
And um, my logic is I can make this choice in wellness to make myself more well than I am, or I'll eventually have this experience in illness, right? Like I could be hooked up this to, the, to this machine in 10 years from now yeah. for an illness that I could have prevented with a choice, you know, when I had the opportunity, when I was close enough to wellness to make the choice. Right. So, you know, I think I frame everything that way. Do I love getting, you know, <laughs> poked with a needle twice, three times a week? Not my favorite right. thing. But it's but it really, has meaning. It means you're going to make your life better. Yeah. It's like such a small price to pay, actually, for like a lifetime of health or, uh, you know, more energy or more vibrancy or protecting, like safeguarding the body. I believe the body also and the brain and just the soul appreciates effort. Yeah. You know, so when I put this effort in and my body acknowledges, oh, like she cares, you yeah, know, yeah, she gives yeah. a shit. She's showing up for us. I think it makes a difference in, in the does. way everything shows up everywhere, yeah. mentally, physically, spiritually. Like how many times have we been like, you know, cranky with our significant other and it's just because we haven't eaten or worked out or whatever. And it's like, oh, as soon as I have a meal, I'm like, oh, sorry, babe. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's why I don't have a significant other. Right. There, there's a hack. <laughs> life hack. If you're single, no one will be cranky with you. <laughs> well, here's another life hack, right? If you want to live really long, just have a lot of birthdays, right? I mean, the more birthdays you have, the longer you live. It's a scientific fact. Typical. Yeah. It's scientific a Scient word. Typical, scientific. I think you added ickle. Well, you I know think what? it's just scientific. As an immigrant, fact. I can I, I have I have some leeway. I have okay. there's a margin of error for immigrants <laughs> that is allowed. That's what Danny tells me. That's what my best friend says. Yeah. So so what's your background? You grew up in Brooklyn. What was that like? What were your parents like? My parents are wild. Do you ever see Everybody Loves Raymond? No. Okay, if you ever watch that show, the parents and everybody listening to my parents are like that. Okay. They're loud, they're wild, they're always cooking for the neighborhood, they are the hosts, they are always fighting with each other, screaming. It, it was just pandemonium. I'm What's an only child. We're Italian. Okay, full on Italian. Big fat Italian Brooklyn family. I dig it. What part of Brooklyn? Bensonhurst. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. what's up. And did they support you dancing when you were oh, a kid? Oh, yeah. I have great parents. I'm an only child and they supported everything I did. My mom always just thought I could be doing more things than I was doing. So if I was like dancing and running a company, <clears throat> she would be like, how come you're also not an astronaut? Because right. you had a great mind for space. <laughs> like, And you could write a book while you're an astronaut that dances and choreographs. And you should be teaching about the book that you wrote while you're doing those things. And I'm like, right. Okay. Did you interpret that <laughs> as motivation or like expectation? No, I think she was honestly just mirroring back how I already feel. Like if I could also be an astronaut right now, I would be doing that. That <laughs> like, was one of my first goals as a kid. Really? Because I wanted the view. I just, I like exploring. I like going to new SpaceX. places and just the view looks yeah, amazing. Yeah, you're going to have to do SpaceX. In our lifetime, I'm doing it. Yeah. When it's affordable to go to space, I'm there. Okay. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> they have those zero gravity planes. Have you seen those? No. They have these planes that go up in arcs like this and mm -hmm. you have 30 seconds of weightlessness every arc. And they howled it all on the inside and how they train astronauts. Oh, that's cool. There's a whole music video they shot there. And like, um, they did this whole choreography with OK Go. Have you ever seen that? I'll send it to you. It's, yeah. it's an amazing thing. Wow. But basically, yeah, every like minute you have 30 seconds of weightlessness, but it's like 5,000 bucks an hour per person or something. It's like, <laughs> you know, kind of it's a good hour. Yeah. Yeah. But you get to really have fun with it. Like, I always wanted to do that. Be weightless. Like, I like things that are physically exhilarating. Mm-hmm. But I also you. like the detail of art. I feel like I like a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's the way it should be. Yeah. You're multifaceted. Life is yeah. multifaceted. You don't need to just like do one thing. I don't like to identify as just introvert, 
or extrovert because I just those are just states to me. I, I could be in an introverted state when I'm doing my accountant. You know what I mean? When mm-hmm. I'm doing taxes, I have to be very focused. You can't be social while you're doing taxes, right? Yeah. I guess if you talk to yourself, that could count as being social potentially. Yeah. If you're engaging. Oh, that could be a good way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I, I find that a lot where people are really quick to identify, right? I am this. I am that. Right. I am depressed. Yeah. I am shy. I am. I'm not a creative. I am traumatized. People right. say that a lot. Right. Yeah. And it's not powerful. to say that it's not accurate for how things have been, but if we identify with it, then what we're doing is setting it up for how things are going to be. Uh-huh. Right? It's saying like, I am, that's a that's a present <clears throat> statement. That's a creative creative statement. Whatever you put after those two words, you're going to create. So Let's do some right now. Okay. Okay, I'll start. <clears throat> I am a loving teddy bear. <laughs> I am powerful. I am adventurous. I am loyal. I am curious. I am intelligent. I'm happy. That's a good one. I'm happy right now in this moment. I like creating. Yeah. I like collaborating. Yeah. I really like energy exchanges. Mm. I really like Me too. creating space with people. Yeah. A lot of times I have a hard time editing by myself because I'm so social. Mm-hmm. So I like having people in the room or I have to go do social stuff and then come back. You know, like I feed off of energy. Yeah. That's why I like going to live events. Yeah. That's one thing I never miss out on. Yeah. Like you like my favorite comedians. Yeah. Yeah. Well, have you just, always been that way? Well, my parents were both dancers. Mm. They both did ballet. So I grew up in a very artistic family. So I, I enjoyed going to their shows and I like just the energy of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like a couple of days ago, we went to go see the Elvis movie and it just affected me so much. Like mm-hmm. I really was in it. I was like, oh my God, like I cried. I came home. We had a whole conversation about it. Still talking about it, right? Like I like to be touched by something, mm-hmm. right? Like, because I know it can really affect you know, but now the mission is to not be touched by all these random things. I'm <laughs> scrolling through on YouTube and it's all just infesting my mind. And I'm like, ah, then I have to like force my phone away, you yeah. know, but I prefer to like, I like connecting with energies. I agree. Comedy shows for me have been a, such a fun thing in LA. Yeah. The scene out here is wild. Like you can see the best comedians in the world for like 20 bucks, mm-hmm. like just practicing. Like it's a pretty unique thing. Yeah, it is. What do you like to go to? Like, what are like, I know you like to travel. But as far as like- Travel's number one for me. Yeah, what kind of shows do you like to go to? Honestly, I don't go to shows that much. If I go to like live events, it's usually like concerts and things like that. But- um, Is there a certain artist you particularly like that you love an artist? Is there an artist that you're like, I'm the, that you're like super fan of? uh, Most of the artists I loved, like don't make music anymore. Like Lauryn Hill. Mm, It's like a big one for me. I saw her at the Hollywood Bowl. Ooh, how's that? Amazing. Did she do the Miseducation album? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was like one of my, I like brought that home from the store when I was a kid and like memorized every word. Like, yes. I was, I was enamored with those, that album, with that art. Isn't so, it awesome when you know all the words to the song 
and you sing along with it, you almost like tap in to the vibration of that artist. Mm-hmm. You kind of feel what they were feeling, right? Like, Absolutely. And if you know all the lyrics for real and you spit all the way out, yeah. like, and you just it totally in flow with it, that's almost like a meditation in it, a way. It can be, of course. It's yeah, like, like chanting. Yeah, like incantation. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah, there's vibration with sound is vibration, right? So when your vocal cords are vibrating, they're sending vibrational signals through the body and through the aura, etheric field. So yeah, singing, speaking, all those things. And now we see that sound can even make geometric shapes. Like, mm-hmm. have you seen that when they put the sand on the thing and they turn, they, they tune the, the, I don't know what it's called. You know what it's called? When they put like sand or salt on like the metal plate, then they put audio on it and they turn it to a certain hertz and it makes a geometric shape, mm-hmm. like a perfect shape with audio, the way it shakes the sand. And then you turn it and it makes a different geometric shape, mm-hmm. like perfect, which goes to show that geometry isn't something that we made up. It's a real thing. Yes. Sand does it through sound. Sacred geometry. Yeah. Like a snowflake. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty awesome, Nature. right? Nature did it. We just figured it out. <laughs> yeah. We discovered it. I wonder what else we're going to discover about nature in the future. Ooh. You know? Yeah. Because like there was a period of time where people didn't know what oxygen was. Like they knew that if you choke somebody, they would die, right? But they didn't know specifically that trees made oxygen, mm-hmm. right? Like there was no way to measure it or to understand it. I think, the, I think the next level of scientific discovery is honestly going to be about spirituality. You know, one of the things that connected me to spirituality is I have a degree in behavioral neuroscience. So What? Yeah. So my I, in college, I studied the brain. How does the brain work? How does it affect the way we behave? Um, how does it, how does what happens to it when it's injured? Right. That, that's what we, that's what I was trained to study and understand. So when I moved into spirituality, I kind of knew that unless I could like let it mesh with the scientific understanding I already had, that it wouldn't, it wasn't going to, it wasn't going to work for me. Right. I really need something that is all encompassing. And in so many ways, everything that I've come to understand about spirituality does have scientific explanation and backing. Yeah. We just don't have machines that can measure it yet. Right. So I really think, honestly, the next level of scientific discovery is going to be around uncovering the soul and uncovering, you know. I could see that. The was, aura, like these things yeah. that exist that we just can't, we can't measure it. We don't have devices sensitive enough, sensitive enough to measure it. But it's no different than you know, before we had an understanding of electricity, electricity was still working, right? right? We learned eventually how to harness it. And now you turn the light on and you probably still don't understand how electricity works, but it works. We just know how to flip the switch. Yeah, you yeah, flip the yeah, switch yeah, and yeah. it works. And your your soul and your aura and your energy is, is the same. It's doing what it does regardless of the fact that we don't understand it yet. Right. But I do think that the next layer of discovery is going to be there's already major scientists working yeah. on Joe Dispenza these is a things. good author that mm-hmm. talks a lot about that because he brings it from the science side and because even if you think about spirituality, our experience of what spirituality is is still through the human form, mm-hmm. right? Like when somebody prays, it's still a human doing something. Whether you think it's real or not, it's still a human being doing something. So if they're doing something, then eventually it could be measured, right? Yeah. Because like. I can definitely change my heart rate with my breathing. A hundred percent. I can definitely like, there's so many things I, I, I've learned to control. And it's like, wait a minute, what else can we do that we just haven't tapped into yet? Yeah. Right. All the psychedelic research that's happening. Mm-hmm. Mushrooms changed my life. Yeah. When I started getting into that, like it definitely helped me uncover a lot of patterns, you know, and I like to see that, that there's more acceptance now for the medical use of some of these things. Agreed. Yeah. Have you ever dabbled or is that something we don't want to talk about? No, no, I've never actually. I I think this year I'll move into like ayahuasca and things of that nature. Maybe You're combo. going straight for the… <laughs> yeah, I'm going to the dive. top rung of the ladder. 
Um, but I always, for me, I there's two reasons I haven't done it yet. The first one being I've never done a drug in my whole life. My body's completely clean and completely Ooh. pure. Never touched anything. No weed? No. I know people can never Alcohol? believe it. Yeah, I've had some drinks okay. in my day, but you know what? <laughs> I've been drunk like four times and that's enough. Wow. <laughs> that's enough for me. I had me. no idea. Yeah. So um, I like that my body is clean. I think it gives me an ability to move with my body that I wouldn't have have had otherwise. Yeah. Um, so I've kept it that way until I got as far as I could go without, you know, with this stupid human flesh bag they gave me. <laughs> you know, I took it, I took it to the edge um, of like what I could experience and what I could tap into with just like my sheer will to do it. You yeah. Know? Um, and then the other reason is that I always felt with like psychedelic experiences or ayahuasca that I don't want to like Google it and go look for it. I right. really want it to come to me. I mm. want like, I want it to be with a shaman. I want it to be in a like very an spiritual actual ritual. Yeah. A ritual, yeah. And I want it to like come to find me. I just feel that that's how I'll know the timing for it is correct. You know, I don't want to be like Googling like shamans on Instagram <laughs> or something, you know, like it's just like going to take it, it's going to ruin it. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So I do think I'll get into that because I, I think that's kind You're of. You're sure that you want to do it. Yeah. For, for these, for certain types of things. Yeah. Like Were I you always go. sure of that or was there something that convinced you that to say, Hey, I'm not going to try shrooms, but I will try it. I don't ayahuasca. even think it's that I wouldn't try anything. I'm never the type of person. Well, I was for a while, but 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 now I don't have any because, like I said, I don't see anything as like good or bad. So it's not like I think drugs are bad or some drugs aren't good. <clears throat> like it's just not coming to my experience of like desire to do it. Like yeah. you know, if I if the first thing that fell in my lap and I felt really aligned with it was shrooms, I would do shrooms first. I just know I've heard ayahuasca ayahuasca you know when yeah. something is for you it like gets whispered in your ear a few times and you're like okay i keep <laughs> hearing this thing it keeps it's like i know it's right around me in my orbit so i'm pretty sure for that reason that'll be the first thing that i yeah break into and that's a good tip too to listen to the whispers oh yeah you know both literally when people are talking to you but also in our own mind like whenever i hear a shout i feel like that's the ego mm -hmm. saying like i want this yeah. You know, <laughs> but a wire night and not having this, I deserve this. Right. But then the, the true voice is like, no, no, this is what you need. Yeah. It's right there. Your intuition is patient, quiet, and persistent. Yeah. It always tells you the same thing over and over. You resist and then she comes back and she's like, no. <laughs> what you it, resist persists. Yeah. As they say. She, but it just comes back. She's going to tell you again, calmly. Right. Yeah. Are there any teachers that you particularly like? I got a lot of my understanding of spirituality and I felt like I resonated very closely with Abraham. Do you know mm, Abraham, Abraham Hicks? Hicks? Yeah, yeah, I've heard about her. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's probably one of my favorite teachers. What What does she do particularly? She's a channel actually. So her Esther is the human and Abraham yeah. is the um, spiritual being that she channels. Um, and she just literally breaks life down to a simplicity that makes you angry. It's just like... Well, what do you have in your life right now? Well, what don't you like about what you have in your life right now? And you'll say it. And she's like, well, why do you have that? Well, because I did this. Well, why did you do that? Well, because I, did, I didn't have a choice. You didn't have a choice, so you had a choice. So she'll just destroy your whole yeah. life until you're like, okay, everything's my fault. I guess I could just do four <laughs> things differently and like everything would be different, you know? like. And sometimes it is that, just it making is that, a few yeah. simple changes. Oh, it's most of it. We are overcomplicating things. You mm. know, 
we think we have to start making these efforts and big, you know, dramatic right. experiences, right? I've got to start feeding all the homeless or mm -hmm. something. Whereas you can really start shifting your vibration with just small interactions, like yes. choosing to smile at somebody or choosing to say yes to one extra thing. Like this is the shifting. It's these yeah. small moments really come together to make a big picture at the end of the day. So a lot of times people are waiting and they're like, oh, that doesn't seem like enough, or that doesn't seem like enough, or that doesn't seem like enough. And I'm like, the train just keeps going by being like, "Yeah, you want to take any of these trains? No, you're going to wait for the perfect train. Like you could have been there already. <laughs> yeah, because all the little changes add up and it's like yeah. a two millimeter shift here. It spreads out over a long period of time. Like, And it's more manageable that way, right? Because yeah. you don't have to be doing these major things or like, you know, abandoning your life to live in the jungle like I decided to do. You <laughs> could easily just make a couple tiny adjustments to your life as it is and yeah. feel large-scale change. And for the most part, life is lived day by day, mm -hmm. right? Like we don't live a week at a time. You still have to reset every night when you go to bed. Mm -hmm. So I think what's helped me is just trying to make my days better, right? Because I've always achieved my goals. Yeah. Pretty much anything I've set my mind to, I've made happen. But I haven't always felt the healthiest while doing it. I've mm. like sacrificed personal mental health yeah, I hear that a lot. for that process. Mm -hmm. So now my goal is more to happily achieve Absolutely. instead of achieving to be happy, right? Absolutely. I want to find a more delicious way to live life mm -hmm. to where I still feel like I'm expanding, but not from a place of, I said this before in this other clip, like not a place of being in a rush. But just like, no, I'm here. I, I know what my mission is. Yeah. You know, like I want to. I like want it's going to get done. You trust that it's it's going to get done. Yeah. But I still have a lot of um, patterns I noticed in myself from before I was financially stable where I had to take on everything. Right. Because none of the opportunities paid enough to where now it's like I'm doing more than well enough. But it's like I'm still doing that. Like, wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't have to. Right. It's okay. So now the mission, even for the whole company, is we're kind of reducing the projects that we're doing, just getting deeper inside each one, right? Trying to have more presence with them. That's that's a beautiful yeah. thing. That makes your life so much more um, like precise. And like, you know, I always say to everyone, everything you do, you're putting an order out into the universe, right? So most people's problem is they're putting one order for this and one order for the exact conflicting thing and everything <laughs> nullifies itself, right? Yeah. So I, and when you can avoid doing that, that's how you drop into momentum that takes you forward. You know, I teach my my mentees a lot that if you don't put something into the ingredients, right? If they're not part of the cooking, they're not going to be part of the final meal. So mm -hmm. if you're working and there isn't joy and there isn't happiness and there isn't fun and there isn't silliness in the work, then right. it's not going to exist in the outcome. The right. outcome may be great, but it's always going to be lacking what you're really trying to create for it, right? We don't want to do these things just to do them, right? Here's another dance video. Here's another, you whatever, know, yeah. yeah, whatever it is. Like, it's something about we're tying this to knowing, okay, this represents fun or joy or creativity or passion. And if we lose that because we're in this productivity cycle of like, we have to, we have to do it this way and that way and it becomes miserable then. Especially we, when it's a have to, not a get to. Mm-hmm. And that's a frame that I'm constantly managing, right? Because I have big goals and, and I always do <laughs> a bit more than whatever we can take. If we can handle 10, I'm always like, let's do 12 today. You know? <laughs> that's kind of the mode. And um, But it feels stressful when it's a have to. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, whenever I tell myself, you know what? I'm done working. When I actually mean it, 
I get a little boost of energy and I do a little more work. Yeah. Because then it stops feeling like I have to. Mm-hmm. Once I say, you know what? I could just get in my pajamas and go to bed. And I take off that pressure of have to, have to. Now I'm like, oh, well, I guess I could just do one more thing, right? <laughs> and it's like, why can't I approach it like that way from the beginning, right? Yeah. That's why managing our state and our intention is so important, which is and why I'm glad sure you're doing you a making sure you trust yourself. Making sure you trust yourself, right? That's an issue of trust. It's an issue of, do I have to over-police myself? Because I don't trust that if I don't, be this stern hand on myself that I'm going to get it done, right? We we believe we won't. We need someone to like keep us on track or and for people who are self-starters or yeah. self-employed or any of those things, yeah. it has to be you, right? You yeah. have to be the person that makes sure you don't do those things. But deep down, you know, you're not going to do that anyway. So you don't need to be that, you know. <laughs> you know, if you have an employee, if you're a boss of yeah. an external, a, a secondary right. employee, and that employee is a go-getter and gets everything done. You don't ride that employee every day and be like, we have to do 12 things. You just be like, oh, that person's killing it. Right. But when it's you, you don't treat yourself that way. You're like, I got to ride that guy just in case today he decides to slack off. You know what I mean? Kind of nailed it, actually. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, yeah. if you did that to your employee, they would not respond. Right. What would they do? That, right. that hardworking, amazing employee would become pretty angry and... <laughs> crappy probably yes. very quickly right yes so if you imagine that that employee is you then you understand how your mindset is actually detracting from your productivity that's what i'm working on Dana. yeah yeah that's i know what I'm it's ongoing on. it's a, it's a <laughs> i know it's to, a, to, to be nicer to myself yeah because i've technically just like you you launched your subscription business we launched the naughty girl fitness with janelle oh, nice. and it's been like oh hey brazzy mm-hmm. yes I'm sorry. Lipstick on and put it in teeth. Great. Brassy, you're such a lover. Lover boy for real. Oh, you trying to come up here? Okay, okay Brazzy, that's good. You can push him down anytime. Brazzy, okay, down, oh, Brazzy. Oh, it's okay. going there. Okay, okay. Right. If we weren't, if we weren't rolling, I would just let he knows. I would just let him go to town. Maybe later, bub. <laughs> He's such a lover. Um, no, but I, we were saying he gave that, it to me. He said, "I heard somebody was single." <laughs> <laughs> Let's change that, honey. <laughs> um, what were we saying? Oh, yeah. So during the pandemic, you know, I launched the the Naughty Girl Fitness business with Janelle, and that's been great. And now my focus is okay. Now that we have something that's doing financially really well, let me start to be nicer to myself. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because I'm still pushing, yeah. but it's like, there's a point of diminishing returns where you can only push yourself so much to where then my work starts to suck. Yeah. And also yeah. you can't make your niceness to yourself conditional, right? Well, if it's making good money, I'll be nice to myself. But before it gets to that point, I'll treat myself like garbage. You know, right. it doesn't work that way, right? Because making money is about being in that state of abundance and knowing that you are ha- you already have all these things. This Money is just an energetic current. It's just moving like anything else. And you already have access to it. You don't gain access to it. You just block access to it. That's really the only capability we have. We are limitless. We're infinite. We're constantly attracting everything to us all the time. Right. So the only power we really have, the only power we use most of the time is blocking those things, which can be good when it's negative. But when you're blocking your blessings, then (laughs) that's when you start to suffer. Yeah. So it's just about being in that natural state of receptivity to, you know, the amazing things you're already magnetizing. Like you're, it's already coming. It's already there. It's that belief that it's not, that we have to work for it, that actually pushes it further and further away. So true. Yeah. That's so true. That was one of the realizations I had during when I was watching the Elvis movie because the movie is from the perspective 
of his business manager that mm. like screwed him over, mm-hmm. right? And it, it's it's his perspective telling the whole story. Mm. And um, there was like a moment where like Elvis was like, you know, passing out from being like tired or sick or on drugs or something. And instead of sending him to the hospital, they just gave him an injection and sent him back on stage, right? Mm. And I was like, yikes, I'm like that to me sometimes. Yeah. Right? Where mm-hmm. it's like, I really need a day off, but I'm like, no, you know what? Just take a bunch of coffee and go do it anyway. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm like, wow, I was being that mean manager workhorse. <laughs> I've done that to too me. I think everyone yeah. who's like a, a like a hyper productive type of person, like we love to work and we love to create. So right. it can easily become obsessive and a little toxic <laughs> if we don't control it. But now I I have this agreement with universe where because, you know, sometimes you feel the need to take a day off and you really can't take that day off. Right. So I have an agreement with Universe where I tell her, I'm acknowledging the feeling you're sending me and I will respond within three to five business days. <laughs> so I have three to five business days to take a day off if I feel a little weird or yeah. prioritize sleep if I know I'm not getting enough sleep or eat those salads if I know I'm pushing it with pasta that week. Right, like, right. I acknowledge it. I've received the message and then... I like that. Yeah. It's yeah. working so far. She's digging it. I think we have, it's working, you know? As long as you reply. Yeah, you because can't leave it that's on really, that's yeah. such a big thing, right? How much of it are you not answering the call? And if the phone is just ringing and ringing and ringing, you're like, I don't hear anything. But like, you know, you're getting the message. It's like, stop. Yes. Stop doing that. You know what? Not only do you hear the call, you know why you're getting called. And you're just right. like, mm, no, that's not happening. I'm fine. So often we know the answer. Mm-hmm. We're just looking for confirmation. Always. We just want the teacher or their friend or whatever to tell us, yeah, yeah, that's the way to do it. Or we want someone to tell us what it is that we could say, screw them. They tried to tell me that something I already knew and they're wrong. You know, like right. I feel a lot of the times people throw away their friends and their business partners that are reflecting truths that they already know but don't want to deal with. Mm. And they say, oh, that person, you know, did this or said that. And I'm like, that person said what you needed to hear, what you've already heard in your own head and is is trying to amplify this message for you so that you listen to it. They're trying to serve you. You know, they're trying to be a mirror for you to tell you, look, pay attention to this the easy way so you don't have to get taught the hard way. Yeah. And People create anger and distance, I think, when they have friends like that, which is why a lot of friendships are fluffy, a lot of fluff, Mm. you know? Not a lot of raw honesty. No. You know, I have so many mentees and people that I mentor that they're like, oh, I never tell anyone these things. And I'm like, well, what are these people for? Like, (laughs) You have friends. What are you telling them? What are you guys talking about? Right. You know, like this is what friends are for. This is what the people you're even your coworkers. It's to make these deep connections like. What do you talk about otherwise? Like just was there a recent uh, time a friend gave you something like that, a reflection back to you that you oh. felt was necessary? Oh yeah, all the time. I am friends with a lot of healers. <laughs> yeah. So they'll turn around and be like, "Well, how did you create that?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> you know, I heard that. I heard that." Care to share I, an example? Yeah. I mean, I was in my last relationship that I was in before. <laughs> I've I've. Uh, Taken a taken a moment, a leave of absence. Okay. Uh, I was messaging a friend of mine who's a healer, and she reads the tarot. And I was like, you know, I don't know. I feel like honestly, in relationships, I have a tendency to become hyper masculine, where I'm just like, you know, I become the male stereotype in a relationship, where like mm-hmm. I don't message back, and I like forget what's going on, and like right. you know, I'm just not as like. Not as not in the feminine stereotypical role. Not that these roles matter, but I just notice myself taking this unhealed hyper masculine role at points where I'm like dismissive or difficult to access or, 
you know, something happens and I'm like, I genuinely don't care. Like, I just can't get there. I'm way right. too chill. I like, you know what I mean? It's like this type of a thing. So I, I said that to her and uh, I was like, I just can't bring myself to care about what's happening. Like, I know I should. And it's not <laughs> nice that I'm not being like fluffy, right. but like, I just don't care. Like I'm busy and I just don't care. And she was like, uh-uh, I don't like that. She's like, you're, you're not embracing your, your healed feminine energy. You're destroying your own power acting that way. She's like, so go outside, stand in the rain and touch your boobies and get in touch with your femininity. She's like, you're too tough. And I was like, right. mm, that's a good friend. And then she's like, and I'm pulling three tarot cards. <laughs> I was like, uh oh. So she sends me like the tarot spread and she's like, yep, just as I suspected. I was like, ah, oh, damn. All right. I was like, I'll talk to you in three to five business days. That's a, that's a great piece <laughs> of advice. Yeah. She's right. I mean, you know, we have, we all have this, no matter what, we all have this sacred masculine and sacred feminine energy that lives in us. It's the yin and the yang. You mentioned that the, your masculine energy was unhealed. Mm -hmm. What do you think? What, what do you mean by that? Um, I think the fact is that for whatever reason, societal figures that we watch, whether they're in movies, whether it's all, almost everything we're exposed to throughout our lives, they show us interactions with unhealed individuals, almost always. Right. Like all movies that hurt people. Yeah, I yeah. think about like Dawson's Creek. Like I loved that show when I was in high school. And I'm thinking like my 14 year old brain was watching these ridiculous interactions between people on Dawson's Creek thinking like, this is how people who are in love with each other act. Like this right. is how adults in relationships act. And like, I watched it again, some episodes of it over the pandemic. And I was like, oh, uh-uh. Like this got programmed into your beliefs about like how people treat each other, right. you know? And for whatever reason, I do just tend to lean more towards my masculine energy. I always have. Um, I was like a little tomboy at points. And um, yeah, I just, for some reason, my unhealed, I don't have unhealed feminine energy, which will often come across as somebody who like plays a victim role or, or is very needy. I don't have any of those traits. Right. But my unhealed masculine is something I do have to constantly work on where I can be like a little aloof or like Do you think detached? That energy is more of what's necessary for your business. My like unhealed masculine yeah. energy. Like what energy leads your business, do you think? Well, my business, when I was a dancer and choreographer, I did, I do feel like I picked up unhealed masculine traits for that reason, because I was a woman in a man's world, right? Like mm. I'm always trying to like be working around men and with men and for men and constantly being over-sexualized and hyper-sexualized. And right. I think that activated a lot of my like toughness. Right. As a response to the right. crazy environment. Right. Yeah. Um, because I didn't think that being feminine and being soft was valuable. I thought that was like a, a silly thing to be. Who wants to be soft? That's the way I saw it, you know? Mm. Um, but now understanding that that's obviously not true and fem sacred femininity is as powerful, if not more powerful even than the sacred masculine at points. So yeah, the way they work together is what makes them powerful. It's the It's the duality and the balance of the energies that makes them powerful. I agree. Yeah. Do you ever feel that in the mainstream conversation, the feminist conversation feels very masculine? Yes. And That's the problem with these conversations. They, the, just like the problem with all of these experiences that they kind of drag you in, in trying to be an activist, you get dragged into acting in the exact opposite way of what you're trying to right. protect. 
it's very. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Okay. Because yeah. I wanted to talk about the difference between being anti-hate or being pro-love. Mm-hmm. And there is a difference. Absolutely. Right? And I think, like you said, a lot of times um, we are trying to fix something. We're like, oh, these people are being hateful. So we're going to go get them. And it's like, yeah, but then you're, you're vibrating in the hateful energy. Absolutely. It's like, it's it's actually the opposite. Do you want to be pro-love or anti-hate? Because there's a difference. Anti-hate just creates more hate. Absolutely. Pro-love means you have to find the beauty in everything and do it from a healing perspective. Like Absolutely. there's this guy named um, Daryl Davis. I don't know if you heard this guy, this black guy that got like 300 people out of the KKK. He literally, he was a black jazz musician who just started befriending people in the KKK. And he was so nice to them and built a relationship with them that they left and they gave him their hoods. And he's collected like hundreds of hoods. Wow. And gotten them out and getting them to get other people out. But not through fighting them. Right. But through finding a Patience. way of like understanding who's mm-hmm. human behind this hatred, hateful outside. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think another way of thinking about that is the difference between a mindset for destruction or a mindset for creation. I think a lot of people see a problem and like we must destroy that problem. Whereas like you said, that experience of destruction or tearing things down is actually a very just opposite of the human's natural function, right? We are creators like by, by origin. That is what the right. soul wants to do. So actually we're far more aligned with instead of destroying the old, building the new right. and understanding that in the creation of these new safer spaces and created, creation of new mindsets, the old will automatically Away. It will handle itself if we can shift enough people into the new vibration. Yes, you know? I agree. But people don't understand that, that again, where your focus it flows, your energy flows, right? Like where your focus is and whatever you're thinking about, like you said, if you're focused on hating and how other people hate, then you're, you're becoming a vibrational match for hatred because that is the focus. Yeah. And therefore you are creating more of the thing that you are trying to, you know. Yeah. Dismantle, which is and you're hurting yourself too. Because absolutely, because now you're uncomfortable. You can cause disease <laughs> yeah. by being so. Like I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, there was so much bad news on TV. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this alone is causing people to be sick. Mm-hmm. They're just gonna be worried sick. Fear. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't even have the news or TV for that reason. I don't yeah. even know what they're saying on there. I always hope. I'm always like, I hope someone's gonna give me the message because, like, one day <laughs> something big's gonna happen. I'll be like, I don't know what's going on. Like these what? Days. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be lost. I'm gonna better knock on my door and be like, girl, <laughs> you better go. We're we're done with this <laughs> stage of life. We're all living on the moon. I'm gonna still be here. Like, where is everybody? <laughs> Would you go to the moon if they? If yeah, it was a, beam me uh, up. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're down for it. Oh yeah. I'll go wherever. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. But yeah, I mean, I think for for the experience of that dis-ease is just the experience of being out of alignment with your true nature. And humans are truly light individuals. We are individuals that thrive in love and peace and joy and high vibrational states. And the number one way that we thrive is in service. When we find a way to be in service to the collective and not mm. just to the self, we thrive. Yes. And when we are living out of alignment with that, because we're forced into 3D mindsets that make us feel like we must earn, we must this, we must that, we create dis-ease. Whether it's mental or physical, doesn't matter. It's the same thing. It's sickness, you know? Yeah. And it comes from that just experience of knowing that we aren't living in alignment with the values that are of the human, of human's nature. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, feel like there's like a grand awakening happening right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I know a lot of people say that this is like really a terrible time. Personally, 
I don't think it's ever been better. I think we're just more aware of what's happening, mm-hmm. right? Like the further you go back in time, it gets shittier for somebody, yeah. <laughs> right? It gets more yeah. difficult for women or whatever, right? Yeah. So, um, but right now what we can do is share the messages, mm-hmm. right? Back in the day, there was only a few TV channels. So mm-hmm. only who controlled those channels could control the masses, mm-hmm. right? Like they'd have a hit show all of America was watching that one hit show, but now anybody, you could say a message, like somebody with no followers could say a message, you can get to a bunch of people, mm-hmm. right? But we're kind of getting a mix of all the messages. Mm-hmm. We're getting the trauma messages <laughs> and we're getting the healing messages. But I'm seeing uh, more people accept the, I don't even know how to say this. I'm seeing the concept of healing and being more conscious about ourselves become more acceptable across the board. Mm-hmm. In the hip-hop community, yep. like in like the hip-hop music community, there's this guy named Charlemagne. I don't know if you're familiar mm-hmm. with him. Yeah, he hosts The Breakfast Club. He's always talking about anxiety and mental health and therapy. He's talking to rappers about therapy. That was not cool 10 years ago. Absolutely. 15 years ago, nobody was, you know, it was all tough. Hey, nothing bothers me. I ain't got mm-hmm. no feelings, right? And it's like, no, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. You definitely do. And mm-hmm. it doesn't take away from your masculinity, right? To touch your femininity, to be empathetic, right? Well, it actually makes you more balanced and therefore yeah. more powerful. If yeah. you can do both. Yeah. Because otherwise you're limiting. Yeah. You're always limiting yourself when you're not allowing your energies to flow naturally and you're rejecting parts of yourself for no reason, for societal, you know, expectations most of the time, I think. What are you working on now? You personally, like on you. Right now, my, so <clears throat> as I was saying, you can't upgrade the mind without upgrading the body and you can't upgrade the the body without upgrading the mind, right? The right. mind, the spirit, the soul, all the same word in, in my opinion. Um, so for a long time, I was really focused on the soul aspects of things, the cerebral aspects of rewiring my brain, changing the words that I use in the way that I use them, becoming very conscious of all the things we've talked about today. And it was very, um, it was very cerebral. It was very like mental, right? And I noticed in that time that my body did go through upgrades because it's necessary, but that I wasn't giving the same amount of effort and and energy into my body that my physical upgrades weren't matching my- What do you mean by that? My spiritual upgrades. So I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but if you ever go through something, right? You you have a, a difficult experience, a traumatic experience, or you just have an experience that's stressful on the mind somehow. Right. It's usually followed by what? a period of illness, right? Mm-hmm. Like the physical body shuts down. Right. So a lot of people see illness as a bad thing, but it's actually a widespread spiritual belief that illness is the way in which the body upgrades itself. So it stops, it shuts the systems down and it allows you to create upgrades inside the physical body, right? Whether it's mm. new uh, new neurons firing in the brain or it's, it's excreting toxins from the body. If it's a hormone balance, it's doing something that it needs you to stay still for, basically, right? right? It's a call to action. Yeah, but a call to stillness call so that stillness. the body yes, yes. can do what it <laughs> needs to do. Like you said, the body knows what what to heal, right? So if you are healing something in the mind, for example, people know that the, the, the mind and the gut are connected, right? So most people feel that by balancing your gut, right? Fixing leaky gut, balancing your hormone, mm-hmm. you can actually heal your anxiety disorder or your depression, which before was not meant, not believed to be that connected. Right. Now we're seeing that it is, right? We're seeing things like mineral deficiencies causing yeah. things like anxiety, right? So the body, once you start to balance the mind, the body must upregulate to meet that match. Otherwise, what happens, it kind of begins to cycle back and you lose the upgrade, right? Yeah. So I've realized I haven't put enough like 
back into my physical upgrade game. You know, at times I have, I've done detoxes, I've done cryo, I've done float tanks, I've done, you know, I've done all the things. I like a float tank. Yeah, I've done everything, but not with the same, like I said, not with the same gusto that I'm going with it now. I went through major um, spiritual awakenings and upgrades in the last three months. And so I'm aware that if I don't do what I'm doing now, which is what I told you I'm doing, extra bodily oxygenation and ozonation, I'm going for colonics, I'm in the sauna, I'm taking all kinds of binders like activated charcoal to move toxins out of my body, taking tons of supplements, having my um, mineral content analyzed, you know, speaking not only to energetic and spiritual healers, but to physical healers as well, and really diving into that. Full, full yeah. I mean, I gave myself an enema the other day for the first time. It was a scene. Um, what's an enema? It's when you like stick something up your butt and then you flush your colon out with either water or you can mm. use coffee, all kinds of things. So it's, it's like a, a way of doing a colonoscopy on, on yourself. <laughs> colonoscopy, yeah, like yeah. a colonic. <laughs> I don't think I could do my own colonoscopy, but maybe. But, but it's, it's, it's going for that same. It's that same vein, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's in that same vein. And I was like, all right, you know. So what you're saying is you're putting more intention to upgrading your body. Into you're my physical body. realizing the importance of it. Yeah, I'm realizing that I, while teaching that the physical body and the mental body are mm-hmm. the same, I was not teaching, not treating them as such. Mm. To me, because I'm an intelligent person, I have fun playing with my mind. So it's much easier for me to like journal and change things and shift things and, you know, focus on, you know, I like to think about lucid dreaming. I focus on astral projection, things like that. I'll do all day, but that's all mental upgrades, right? That's not necessarily physical upgrades, but if they are one and the same, then as much energy as I'm throwing into the spiritual soul aspects of upgrading. I need to put that energy into the physical aspects or I'm going to and get what, sick. And what do you think are the recommendations? Like if, if you wanted, like if somebody else were to take on your regimen right now of these upgrades, they would be the oxygenation. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm thinking this is the number one thing that I can't believe that we haven't heard more about it. I mean, I can't claim that things cure things, but from what I've heard from many different people who have tried this, it has healed them of things like HIV, stage four cancer, lupus, Lyme disease, herpes, all sorts, HSV one and two, things that we are told are incurable. People are seeing move by using this process of oxygenation and ozonation. How much does that cost for like the sessions? Um, They're $750, $750 per session. Okay. um, But they sell them in packages and stuff. So you can buy like five sessions for less. And And what's the recommended like? It depends what you're doing, right? If you're just trying to reach personal best, then they say you can do them like once a month or something like right. that, right? Like just as a maintenance dose. And that depends on how clean you're living too, right? Like you have to be honest with yourself. How clean are you really living? Are you making right. a commitment to clean products, clean food, clean water? You know, where are you getting your water from? Um, and then you can decide, right? I know I'm pretty toxic. There was like a good solid year in the 90s where I only ate bologna sandwiches. So like... That's got to be, that, we got to get that out. You know what I mean? Like, All the way back from the 90s. Yeah. Huh? Like that's that's in there somewhere energetically or somehow. Right. I, I mean, don't you know. You are what you eat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that stuff's got to be affecting you somehow. And then for a long time, yeah, I've had, I've had a long experience of consciousness with what I eat, long periods of veganism, long periods of just being conscious of my Are you my vegan health. now? I am... I call myself a flexi vegan. Okay. I eat vegan most of the time, but I don't believe in doing anything to an extreme. So... 
I also shipped if I feel it's necessary. Were you like chicken, fish? I don't eat chicken really. I never have like chicken. I became a vegetarian when I was 13. So meat doesn't always call to me, but occasionally mm. I can feel my body needs something that I'm like not able to really create for whatever reason with vegetables available at that moment. And right. I will have some type of meat in that case, but I'm not a big meat girl. Yeah, I would, I would have fish, but the parasite levels in fish. Is there's hard. a lot of mercury in fish too, right? Yeah. And there's lots of parasites. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, if you think about things like this, like if you've eaten things and you have parasites in your stomach right now, right? This is how they talk me into doing an enema. So I'm going to use this on you and see if it, if it, okay. It excites you. Me. Yeah. If you order an, an, an enema later on Amazon. Dana's me, already inspired me to put something yeah, in my butt. Okay. I don't sell them, but <laughs> right. you know, I'm going to be a proponent. Like, yeah. Let's okay. see if we can't get something up your butt by the end of this. Okay. Um, <laughs> so they're basically just explaining it. Like these parasites live in your body, right? And they've been in there. I mean, they've <laughs> one, they showed me a picture and some woman used an enema and out of her butt came a worm this long that had been living in her intestines for 20 years and he was just hanging out in there. And so this is what that's disgusting in and of itself. But when you think about it from a spiritual perspective, if everything carries a vibration, right? If everything has its own vibration, then you can't really keep your vibration pure. If that worm in your stomach has its own vibration and whatever right. virus you're carrying in your body has its own vibration. And if you have an autoimmune dysfunction, it has its own vibration. And all these things are offering conflicting energetic experiences in your body. Like obviously we can't control everything, but if you could just stick a little water up your butt and get that out, I think. I'm sold already. Right? I mean, it's not, it really wasn't that bad. <laughs> There's a G spot there anyway. It's so little, I mean, it's, it's a small it's not, little thing. You know, it's barely. It's not even this big. That's doable. that's nothing. That's still everybody could take a pinky. <laughs> Anyone? I mean, whoever says they can't, a little coconut oil and you're fine. You're gonna be fine. So you just get this from Walgreens? Amazon. Everything is on Amazon. I bought a coffee enema because they told me to do that, but I haven't brought myself to be able to do it with coffee yet. Because you like, don't want you don't want to associate that to coffee. That's going to anchor it in a weird way for you? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm just not ready. I had to start with water. So I'm just like trying to like. So how does it, so is it just a thing? You just peel it, you open it, shove it up your butt and then does it dissolves It comes or in like a bucket, dissolves. No, what? It's a bucket and you fill it with water and then you put the ho you put the bucket higher than you. You lay on the floor and you put the little insert into your butt and then oh. the water drips down and fills your colon and then you like hold it in there for like 10 minutes. You just watch a show. You watch an episode of something. <laughs> and then you go on the toilet. And just like that. Just like that. Wow. You probably saved countless lives with that. Well, the thing is that. We should do a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is that this was part of like medical like care. Like this was yeah. a recommended thing for right. people up until recently. Like if you had a cold and you went to the doctor, they'd recommend you did an enema because it's the fastest way to clear toxins from your body. They, 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 I'm going to recommend that to my whole family. Yeah. I mean, they say, I bet, honestly, I bet older relatives in your family did it. And we're like, oh yeah, that's, that's normal. That's common. It's yeah. just newer generations that are like, oh, that's weird. But they say like most people right now are walking around with like up to 10 pounds of like feces in their colon. Yeah. That's grosser to me than a little water up your butt. I heard that when Elvis died, there was a lot backed up in there. Really? Yeah. That he was really Man, you're the, you're the Elvis expert now. But this movie, is, this movie is that good. 
I mean. Um, but yeah, but that was some of the story that I heard was that he had a lot backed up in there from that's probably causing all kinds of it stress. It creates probably toxicity yes. in the body and it makes all of your organs overtaxed. And it's such a simple thing. It literally takes 15 or 20 minutes to clear. Why isn't it? Big, like, like Because people are embarrassed to say it or embarrassed to talk about it for whatever reason. And I don't know. I don't have embarrassment about anything, so I'll say anything. Man. <laughs> Man, I feel like if I was an enema company, I would like… Hire me. I would co-opt advertising with dildo companies. Oh. Interesting. If you're already in the market to put something up your butt, why not also make it healthy, right? So it's like, <laughs> I feel like if you want to reach your target customer, they're already literally open for it. <laughs> if you ever go into the dildo companies to make this pitch, I just request to be present. <laughs> I would like to hear how it goes. Hear me out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I really don't know why it's become such a taboo thing. Like people are like, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing this. And I'm just like, can't believe you haven't done it. Yeah, right? it's kind of, of the isn't response. it more gross to not do it? I don't know. Yeah, oh, you inspired me. I'm yeah. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> right. I think you should do it live. <laughs> Everybody live streaming, tuning in here. <laughs> that would be viral. People want to know. They pretend that they, they pretend that they're like, oh, that's disgusting. And then you know everyone's watching. Well, I'll definitely do an update, an update on the podcast <laughs> after I do it. I mean, Checking in, guys. It's a great way to clear your body up. Of shit, literally. Yeah. Like, hey guys, we're going to drop some real shit today. Yeah, really. <laughs> so anyway, so that's what I'm doing. I'm doing extra bodily ozonation and oxygenation. I am taking a, a myriad of supplements, amino acids, things of that nature. Any um, particular brand or type or style? No, I just, I really look for ones that don't have any crap in them. As pure as possible. So like fish oils? I do take fish oil. Um, I didn't for a while, but I am taking it now. For the omega-3s? Yeah, yeah, I take lysine and, and a couple other things like that, B12, magnesium. Um, but Is there like a place where you just have the whole list of your regimen? I don't because I only just really started this particular regimen, but mm. I am creating a vlog of this process in, co in collaboration with the company. So in the next month or so, that vlog That's will be great. live and it'll kind of just outline everything. I'll link every single product I'm using. Because basically when you go through oxygenation and, or ozonation of your blood, you're creating um, an experience where the toxins are being met, but they also aren't being, you still are responsible for moving the toxicity out of the environment. Right. So you can sweat it out, you can shit it out, you can puke it out, I guess, but right. I'd rather not, you know? Right. So it has to come out from someplace. And this is, this is just a, this is true about everything. It kind of cycles back to what we were saying at the beginning, right? If you bring up emotions and you try to start healing your trauma, that's great. But eventually that has to come out. You yes. need to also- Literally do, release it. Yeah, there needs to be physical release of these experiences. That's true, whether you're talking about mental or physical toxicity. Yeah. So with this experience, I'm pulling up, right? I'm doing the healing work. I'm pulling up the toxicity in the physical body. And then there are multiple pathways in which you can actually clear it out. So infrared sauna, yeah. I'm doing that a couple times a week. Um, you know, things like that. I love it. I love yeah. it. It's great that, that you have a company dedicated to also helping people. Yeah, and I think journey. it's pushed me. I, you know, I think a big part of the reason that I'm constantly doing this now is because it's, it's my like life's work. I know I can't teach it if I don't try it. And I can't, I'm <laughs> the guinea pig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, let's go out there and see how far we can push this thing. I love that. I've met such cool, wonderful, amazing people on this path too that I, I know that it's, it's alignment. That's. Do you like it 
at this stage of your life more than dancing and choreography? You know, the problem with dance for me and with choreography and with LA in general is the environment is toxic. Mm. It's a toxic environment. And yes, I stay in the environment because it's toxic, because I am aware that, again, the only ways that we can shift toxicity is to build other solutions, right? So I can't complain there's toxicity if I'm not lending any other solutions to the environment. So I remain to create that, to create open pathways for dancers and have an environment in classes that dancers don't feel that toxicity, right? I so create the, the bubble. Change. Yeah. Yeah. I can create the bubble, but I don't feel aligned with my many, not, not all of them. Of course, there are beautiful people in the dance industry. There's beautiful people everywhere, but many of my peers, I don't necessarily align with in, in, a, in an energetic way. So I find far more community and connection with dancers, right? With my students right, and with people that are on similar healing uh, journeys. Yeah. So, and there's no cap to what you can do as an artist. No. Yeah. Right. Because what you're doing with the healing, that is an art. Of course. As well. Yeah. It's a healing art. Yeah. I like to see um, artists expand, mm. right? Because we're here to express and to create. And a lot of times we can just limit ourselves, say, no, I'm just a dancer. I'm just a this. Right. It's like, it's like an identity crisis. No, you could be that and. Yeah. Comma. That, yeah. comma. Exactly, yeah. exactly. What's the most common advice you give to your students? Probably the most common advice I give to my students, it, whether they be students of my spiritual practice or of my dance practice, is to trust yourself. People are constantly thinking there's an answer that they don't have that's somewhere outside of them, that someone else holds the key or someone else knows something they don't know. But the fact is nobody knows better than you know about your own personal life and your own experience. And if you quiet the external distractions and the external influences and you truly tune into yourself, you're going to come back with the correct answer for you every time. And it's going to look different maybe than what might have been right for so-and-so or so-and-so and so-and-so. And that's the individuality of the journey. You right. really only get to that answer when you tune in, when you go within. And you have to trust the answer that you get back, even if it's different than the answer you got back. I still have to trust that my answer was my answer. And sure, you can communicate and you can use sounding boards and community is important for those things. But ultimately, you have to be true to the self, right? And you have to trust yourself enough to be true to the self. Otherwise, you're going to come into com you know, conflict all the time. And I think dancers really struggle with that because they feel like someone tells them, oh, you need to be more this or you need to be more that. Or, you need to weigh this or wear this or look like this. They're constantly told yeah. to change something. It's always this, this external assault on their being. And they rarely ever, then, you know, someone will come to me and I'll be like, what do you want to do? And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, what do you want to do as an artist? I want to book jobs. Okay, <laughs> how do you want to book jobs? Who do you want to be when you get there? Right. Well, whoever they need me to be to book the job. And I'm right. like, oh, we're dead in the water. You're not going to make it, right? Yeah. Because that's not true, right? That's what you're assaulted into thinking. But that's not really true. You didn't come here to be somebody else's reflection of what a dancer or what their perfect person should be. You came here to express yourself, your individuality, your creativity, and most of the time, you can be five, 10 years into a journey in an art and not even know the answers to those questions. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, what do you want to move like? You know, some people are like, well, how do you want me to hit this? How do you want to hit it? I don't know. <laughs> However you want me to. You know, that mindset alone shows how we create an environment where dancers and artists in this community become like, you know, that mindset of, I hate to say it, but it sounds like a slave mindset, right? What do you want to do? Whatever you want me to do. How do you want me to look? However you want me to look, right? It's, it's 
so hyper controlled. You know what I mean? It's like, almost like a trauma response. Yeah. Right. Of like needing the money, needing the acceptance, right? Probably takes a big risk to be out here. And it and it takes a lot of energy and awareness to recognize that mm-hmm. and say, hey, I, I may not book that job if I'm truly being myself, but that's more that's important. That's great. That's a great thing. Every job, every opportunity you miss by being authentic is an opportunity that wasn't for you in the first place. Right. If you obtain an opportunity by being inauthentic, all that opportunity is going to serve to do is teach you a hard lesson. You didn't need to learn that way. You know, yeah. when you are authentic, when you're moving with your your true self, you're embracing your power and you will again become that point of attraction. Not everything is for you. <laughs> yes. But a lot of things are for you, right? And if you're focused on what's for you, and you're not blocking it, then it's going to come to you easily and effortlessly. And it's going to feel so good. It's not going to require you dim yourself down or you eat shit or you be treated like crap or that you conform to somebody else's, you know, desires for how you look, how you dress, what you, what you do, right. You're going to be able to be the truest authentic expression of yourself. And that is going to be the spark. You know, and you could probably have a better output that way too. A hundred percent. You know, because it shows up in the art. Of course, because there's it does. no right or wrong way to do art. It's just, is it being really expressed? Is it 100%. a true expression? A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of the reason that for a long time we were able to put dancers in the background, and no one ever knew who they were or what their names were. And that's just starting to shift now. It's one of the beautiful things I see about social media is it's mm-hmm. challenged dancers to say, yeah. "What? Well, but who are you?" If we attach a name and face and a you know, I think it's, it's social media has its own demands of people that people, you know, fall into that trap of like, oh, this is what's viral. So I'll just do this thing that, right. you know, I'll jump on that bandwagon. Which is a weird thing to balance. Yeah, it is. It's difficult to balance. But, you know, at least now it's asking you to choose an identity, right? Choose a player. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's, it's, prog- it's progress, even though it's not perfect. So yeah, and you is know. it ever going to be perfect? Probably right? not. But not I think it is lifetime. going in the right direction because it's it's giving people an opportunity to express themselves more. Absolutely. Right now, even as dancers, you can make money just putting out your own content. Oh yeah, I mean, becoming a content creator, I work for nobody. Yeah. Nobody controls my paycheck and hasn't for a very long time. Yeah, I don't need same. to mind my p's and q's. I don't need to work with anyone. I don't have to. Oh, I can't sever my relationship with that person, you can go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't need you or you or anybody else. And that's ultimately the position that allows you to to be authentic and in tune, right? Because- And that's the best job security you could ever have is creating your own opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, having a quote unquote safe job isn't necessarily safe because any company could go up or down. And you don't have full control I think the pandemic made people very acutely aware of that. There was no safety. Yeah. Safety was an illusion anyway. And- like you said, there's a great awakening happening now. And it is a scary time, but it's also a beautiful time. There's a lot of light on the planet. There's more people being activated into their healing, into their gifts, into their understanding of we've really been over-complexifying a very simple experience for a very long time. Yeah. And we all just feel called to return to that simplicity, that way of living that's, you know. I think there's like a knowing right now. People are like, you know what? Whatever's going on, this vibration isn't it. Yeah, <laughs> there's a better way to vibrate. A hundred percent. And it's probably yeah. also why festivals are being so big too, because a lot of people want to get out and release mm-hmm. and shake it off and dance, you know, and be just all, be free. Yeah, be free. You yeah. know. And the cool thing about festivals, obviously, there's there's good and bad things that happen everywhere, but I see a lot of people that are from different backgrounds, different mm-hmm. economical status, right? 
Republicans, Democrats, whatever, they're all getting there and they just want to dance. Mm. They just want to be free. It's like there's a yearning to just escape. To, to be unleash. community, right? Yes. To not put like boxes on people or labels on people and then decide, okay, well, we don't like this person because of these boxes or these labels. Yeah. And everyone just come together with something, right? This sound vibration that unifies them and express yeah. love, express joy, express express fun, silliness, playfulness. These are the things that we really crave and that yes. we're always seeking. Yeah, I was just speaking with Yanni about how I I see a lot of comments online are about what's wrong with things. Mm -hmm. There's a big trend of getting our focus to say, here's what's wrong with this person. Here's how they fucked up. Here's how she fucked up. Here's how he fucked up, right? And even if it's accurate, obviously things need to be handled, right? People can't just go around doing bad things. But as a community conversation, like 95% of everything I hear when I check outside sources is about what's wrong with the world. Mm -hmm. There's very few websites that just have a list. Here's all that's going right with the world. Mm -hmm. Here are all the things that are being fixed, right? It's, I think there needs to be a shift in looking for what's right because there's a lot that's going right. Yeah, there is. But the problem is that when we ask people to shift mm -hmm. the mindset, it requires taking a lot of personal accountability. People don't like the idea that this solution was as simple as turning their head, right? Everything is crap. Yeah, over there. But if you look over here, then everything is wonderful. That's, in a lot of ways, very stressful for people because they don't want to accept or feel that they've wasted so much time when the solution was such a simple perspective shift. So that's a lot of what I do in my mentorship too. You know, I think having a spiritual guide or a spiritual coach allows someone to look at you as the, an individual and see how to like gracefully move you from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise it can lead to a lot of like, self-deprecating like why did I stay in that relationship or why did I right. choose that perspective all that time you know and so having a coach to to hold you and comfort you and nurture you through that process I think is very valuable because as people do awaken and start to understand spiritual laws and concepts that period of like self-hatred of being like all this time I knew it <laughs> right like this is everything I teach it's like a remembering yeah. I, I everything as soon as I say it you're like yeah. I mean, I hear that. I feel that. Right. Right. And so if you've been disregarding it and you haven't been doing it, it's easy to like get angry at yourself and be like, oh man, like yeah. I knew I shouldn't have been with that person. I knew I shouldn't have stayed at that job. I knew I shouldn't have this. And people really beat themselves up. So there's a difference between self-help, self-improvement and like self-punishment. Mm -hmm. And we get that confused sometimes. Yeah. I certainly have. Yeah. Where like you said, like being so, I wouldn't never talk to an employee the way I talk to myself. Right. Because <laughs> you wouldn't get anything out of it, right? The employee right. would probably just be like, screw you and leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. But yeah. What's your mission for the future mm -hmm. with that? Like I know the universe is going to bring it, but as of right now for the foreseeable future, what do you want to do with your company? So right now our main focus is on retreats and live events. You know, we're really trying to, um, scale that up. For me, retreats have been the most transformative thing that I've ever facilitated. People coming to a new area, joining with like-minded community and moving in an intensive way through blockages, whether they're physical, emotional, mental healing, spiritual healing. Um, it's li literally so transformative. In seven days, people come, or two weeks sometimes, however long they are, people show up and they leave as completely different humans. They're mm light is different. Their auras are different. Their, the way they're speaking is different. They're smiling differently. They look like different people. It's, it's incredibly transformative. So me, I would really like to see those built to a level where the infrastructure allows me to have huge ones. You know, I, I'd actually love to 
create a healing festival that's mm. very much like a, that would be awesome like a Coachella but like a adult summer camp where it's like we're healing and we're doing all yeah, these cool breath things. work classes and yeah whatever and yeah, you're yeah. you're also you're also experiencing like the freedom and the expression of music and sound but you know I it, would love that yeah right tell me when that's happening yeah I support that I, I, I would love to do that large scale events like that and then also potentially creating a physical space whether it's a retreat space or it's a brick and mortar. Um, business where I can have all these pieces of that create 360 come together. That. Yeah. And be under one central roof to kind of start it out. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I'm really happy for you. Thank that's, you. that's really awesome that you're doing that. Thank you. I love it very much. Yeah. It's, it's moving. I, sometimes I feel like it's moving and I'm just like along for the ride. Yes. I think that's how you know you've dropped into flow, right? When something is going to happen and it needs to be created, it's going to be created anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so you either, again, all I'm trying to do is not block it. Right. 360 said, we're here. We're going to be born. So you're either going to get online or you're going to get out of the way, ma'am. So I'm lucky to be the mom. Basically, <laughs> it chose me to birth this idea. And now I'm just trying to keep up with it. So I love that. Yeah, it's my baby. And it's funny because even the name 360, it came to me in a dream. Actually, I was having a dream and I heard this uh, word and I heard sounded like 360. And then I saw it. I saw a triangle and I saw the, the word written out in a specific way. And I woke up and I was like, First, I was like, why would I name my company that? Like, that is, I don't understand. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's not even like 365. Like, that's not how many days there are in a right. year. And so what is it about? You know? So I was like, okay. So I like started thinking about it a little bit. And I'm like, you know what? I really actually love this name. And it, came, it became that over the course of a year, I learned why the company was called that, which <laughs> is very counterintuitive. But I did, I took my own advice. I let my soul named the company and then I let my human catch up to why it was named that. Right. And so I love that. And yeah. It's 360. I came, it's a full circle. Yeah. And not, I mean, that's the first thing I, yeah. I obviously got right. It's holistic. So it's right. encompassing a 360 degree experience of your life. But I came to also find that like what I teach a lot is that people say when you change, you should do a 180, but doing a 180 really. Yeah. If you completely change directions to the other side, then of course everything looks different because you're facing the other direction. So yeah. everything's different over there. Right. So that's not really a change to me. Change to me is doing the full circle and then coming back to where you started and it looks different and it mm. feels different because you've done the work. So, because to me, the feeling of 180ing means you might spend your whole life having to pivot and change jobs and, and cities and states and partners because you're always trying to 180 things. You know right. what I mean? But to me, that that full circle in your life takes you right back to the start. Because otherwise you're just hiding from something. Yeah, you're, you're always- just saying, you know what, turning completely yeah, away. Averting that, yeah. yeah, experience. And then and then I came to find out that actually 360 days are how many days are in a year in, in the Bible. And in, in some of the early biblical texts, the year was 360 days long. And that was like my first problem with it. I was like, why is it 360 and not 360? <laughs> every day, you know, I do it every day. Yeah, yeah. And then universe was like, That's why. <laughs> I love it. You seem super passionate about it. Yeah, I'm I am. super juiced for you. Yeah. For doing this. And for I, this, your students and for the future students. Yeah. Imagine just the ripple effect that it's going to have, yeah. right? It's very different because I ran my my business of branding myself as a dancer and a choreographer from a very like cerebral place of like, okay, I have to create logos. I have to create brands. And I've run this business from the experience of being a channel where I was like, okay, it's going to create itself and I'm just going to be... Yeah. here, you know, following the flow of it and, and 
heightening it or expanding it however I can. And that's really what I've done. Everything has been, even how I choose where the next retreat is, it's, and it's, it's an intuition and a word comes to me in a meditation or in a dream and we end up there. <laughs> so it's like, I love there's that. no logical framework on many aspects of the company, which is different, but I, exciting. It doesn't have to be logical. It doesn't have to be. I think the it's fact better. that you're listening to the intuition, you're channeling it. That's, it feels like a truer process. I agree. Yeah. And you're serving. Yeah. That's the main, that's the main goal. I've always wanted to be of service. And so that this feels the most important. And I even made, I ended up making, you know, when you, I think we all come to find that you end up wanting everything to be about service, right? Like even you creating this podcast, yeah. like you're hoping that it reaches somebody that's served by something that we said, right? Exactly. And I think we all end up feeling the most fulfilled when we put whatever our talents or passions are to use yeah. for service. As a contribution. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, any last messages you want to share with people? Um, well, if you're interested in the company that we talked about so much today, they can yeah. find it at patreon.com slash Dana Alexa. Um, and you can sign up for one of those tiers and join us. Uh, the, the basic tier is just $11 a month. And I do like at least two chats monthly. I send out monthly schedules. I send out like a monthly chats theme. With everybody? Yeah. Nice. And I get on a chat. Um, this month, actually we have a chat. Our next chat is coming this, this weekend and I'll chat about gratitude. I always pick, pick a spiritual topic or spiritual law and teach about it and then open it up for questions. That's beautiful. Um, yeah. So if anybody's interested in joining that, you can find me there. But I mean, I guess the last message would just be, you know, to thine own self be true. Make sure that you're always tuning into you because you have a unique mark and fingerprint for a reason. You have a purpose on this planet. You have a light that only you can ever bring to the world. So use it. You know, if you don't turn that light on, we are a little bit darker, you know, like we really mm. are waiting for that. You know, I think I, I really see it that way that like if everyone was to plug in and turn their light on at the same time, we would never have to worry about darkness. We would never have to worry about these negative things. And, you know, just don't, there's nothing to fear on the other side, you know, choosing to be lighter and happier right now in even small ways, like, there's nothing to fear. Like it will, you'll feel it. You'll feel the shift and you'll be grateful that you took the, took the leap. That was beautiful. Wow. Yeah. I'm really glad we did this. Me too. This was a vibe. You, you, you're on a great vibration. Thank you. you know, I've never gotten to have a, a deep conversation with you. No, I think we've only ever seen each other like on sets moving yeah. fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this was great. I, I learned a lot and, and I really appreciate your vibration. Thank you. I'm I very appreciate glad you, you having me. Brazi likes it too. He's like, okay, no. more kisses. Yeah, we're doing <laughs> now for you to just go for it. Hey, <laughs> yeah, buddy. Thank you, sweet angel. Talk about a good vibration. This dog's vibe is high as hell. Yeah. He's my angel, my spirit Better animal vibe. right here. My dog was going to be so pissed when I get home. Feel free to let him down anytime. He'll keep going. <laughs> wow, Brazzy. Oh, okay. Oh. That paw, he's going for it. <laughs> <laughs> he feels the vibe. He was in, yeah, we have a thing, I think. <laughs> We're gonna have to hang out. He's not gonna like this if I just Can I get like a hug or something? Do you hug? He does you? hug, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh wow, he's done with me. 
Razzy. Well, that was beautiful. My oh, wow. Well, wow. That was that. Wow. <laughs> we went out with a bang. <clears throat> we sure did. Well, Dana, thank you for coming <laughs> <laughs> on that note. Thank you. <coughs> That's a warm, a warm exit. Wow. Well, thanks everybody for watching, tuning in and uh, go support her mission. Yeah. All right.